0: TII, item 188, August 30th, 2011. A stream by any other name.
1: Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, go Oh yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand, and that I do everything with, and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com
0: forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone to get your free audiobook download. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today and iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ben for sending in the artwork for today's episode. Ben created the artwork using the app Sketchbook, and I felt I had to get this on now before the iPod Touch 4 goes away. You can see the artwork in the TI app and the extras for episode 188, or if you subscribe through iTunes as the album artwork. Plus, I'll try to get it up on Facebook and Google Plus as well. And later in the show, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the TI app, but for everyone who has it, just want to let you know there is an update available for the TI app in iTunes, so go ahead and get that update and install it. For the artwork, as always... If you have some music or artwork you created on your iOS device and you would like to share it with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app and or apps you use to create said music or artwork. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? we have the following quote. Quote, HP's new tablet could be an iPad spoiler. HP's decision to bundle a tablet computer with its new $399 printer could make trouble for competitors. Unquote. Cliff Edwards and Aaron Ricaldella, Bloomberg Business Week, 23rd of September 2010. I guess if by spoiler they mean selling the HP touchpad for $99 and totally borking the non-iPad tablet market, then yes, it could be a spoiler. Or if by spoiler they mean stinking like two-week-old dead fish, well then that's a big oh yeah. But otherwise, mm, not so much. For promo codes, I want to thank the devs again for the app Surf Balance. I will give those away sometime this week, so still a chance on that. Listen to episode 187, beginning of that, for more info on the app Surf Balance, which is a KidSafe browser. On today's episode, we have promo codes for the app Grand Canyon. Let me play the review for that.
2: Hi Rob, I'm Larry Ketrasid, developer of Grand Canyon, a multimedia adventure through a natural wonder of the world. This app is the culmination of two big ideas brought together by a trip to the Grand Canyon. The first idea is helping nonprofits get their great content out to more people. We've been working with organizations such as the Texas State Historical Association to help them do just that. The second idea involves ebooks and enhanced ebooks, leveraging work done by a lot of folks building ebooks with HTML5 that allows seamless integration of video and audio into your book. The instigation for bringing these two ideas together was a trip my brother and I took with 12 other guys to the Grand Canyon, hiking and rafting. The app tells this story with maps, movies, pictures, and words. And part of the proceeds go to the Grand Canyon Association, the nonprofit who helps Grand Canyon National Park maintain this beautiful place. Thanks, Rob.
0: Thanks, Larry, for sending us promo codes for Grand Canyon. Folks, if you would like a chance to win a promo code for this app, just put Grand Canyon in the subject line of an email you sent to me at todayinios at gmail.com. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com, and please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, indicating you are the dev. If you don't have promo codes to give away, or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send in the 60-second or less review of your app, again, making sure to mention up front you are the dev, and we will work it into a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. Moving into the news, quote, We believe the iPhone had some potential to change the industry, but not nearly as quickly as it did. Everyone underestimated how incredibly successful the iPhone would be, unquote. That was Dan Hesse from Sprint, the CEO. He also had nice things to say about Steve Jobs. Hmm. Positive buzz about the iPhone from the CEO of Sprint. Could it be true? Well, actually Hesse has said positive things about the iPhone before, comparing it to Michael Jordan and saying it wasn't fair to compare any other phones to the iPhone. So no, just doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It could just be Hesse being Hesse again. Have you ever seen a playbook in the NFL? It is traditionally a huge book, bigger than a New York City phone book. Players have to schlep this around with them, and every now and then, one of them goes missing. Well, the Tampa Bay Bucks took a step into the 21st century and now have given an iPad to each of their players and coaches as a replacement to the paper playbook, which makes a lot of sense as now if it goes, quote, lost, unquote, the Bucks can just remotely lock or wipe the iPad to keep their plays from getting into the hands of competition. And of course, it is much easier to carry around, but more important than even that to the players is they can now play Madden 12 when they are not studying their plays. FYI, Madden 12 was launched today in the US App Store. Looks like it'll be September 2nd before it's available for those in Europe. Thanks to Ramon for the heads up on this next one. In the ongoing cat-and-mouse game between Apple and Jailbreakers, it looks like Apple is putting a little twist on that old phrase, if you can't beat them, join them. Except Apple is spinning it, if you can't beat them, hire them, as Apple is doing with Comics, the hacker who is responsible for JailbreakMe.com. So a sad day in Jailbreak land, as I'm sure he will no longer be able to work on JailbreakMe.com. Think? Anyway, Comics, congratulations on the internship at Apple.
3: Hey Rob, it's Laura in Nashville. I was calling to uh, respond to the listener who asked about iPad cases for kids. There are only two on the market that I know of and only one that really is any good. It's the Spec Eye Guy is the name of it and it's a a really thick foam shaped kind of cartoon square man and you put the iPad in the center of it Uh, that way they drop it you know it kind of has some shock absorbency, and then also it stands up on its own, and they can carry it around by the little arms that's handled. Uh, it's real cool. The one downfall is <laughs> it takes some work to get that iPad in the case. It's made for iPad 1 and 2, and I find it hard to put either one of ours in there, and we have one of 1 and, and uh, a 2 as well. So that leads me to my next thing, which I've been meaning to call you about. I am in the process of getting started a case that, that I made for kids for the iPad. It's called the iLatch. And I'm about 70% through the process now. And I've, I'm uh, about to launch a page on Kickstarter to try to get the rest of the funding to have it made. Uh, and I would love for the Today and iPhone listeners to check it out and give me some feedback.
0: Laura, thanks for the feedback on the Specs iGuy. And I also sent an email back to Laura asking if she could send in a more detailed review of the Eyelatch, and I'm going to play that right now.
3: Hey Rob, it's Laura in Nashville. I'm calling to um, tell you guys about the launch of my project, the Eyelatch. It's um, a one-stop shop case for mostly kids and parents, but anybody who watches a lot of TV on the iPad can use it. It uses a set of these special hooks that uh, rotate so that you can hook it onto the anything, ledges, backs of chairs, uh, all of your strollers, cribs, pack-and-plays, grocery carts, anything and everything you can think of. Um, Anyway, I'm about 70% through the process. I've got a patent and a trademark and a logo and engineered drawings, and I've been talking to some manufacturers that I met uh, online from Alibaba.com. And now I'm just raising the funds to produce a case and get it out there. So I hope that you guys will check out my page on kickstarter.com. Again, it's called The Eyelatch. Maybe Rob can give you a a link to it in the show notes. But I would love any support. I mean, just even a dollar helps get this thing going. So I'd love for you guys to help me out. And the way Kickstarter works is it's all or none. So no matter how much money people pledge, if I don't meet my goal of $7,000 within 30 days, I get zero. So it's either all of it, or none of it and it ends a month from today so September the 29th I would love to get this going it would be so fun appreciate it and if you guys have any feedback feel free to leave me any um, questions on the site or you can check it out on my blog or theilatch.com thanks and thanks Rob for uh, putting this out there I appreciate it
0: Laura good luck with this project folks there is a link in the show notes titled The Ilatch iPad Case by Laura in Nashville look for that uh, for episode one eighty eight, show notes over today dot com. For those of you that are new to the show, Laura has been a longtime listener, many many years. She's been listening and calling in and giving tips and tricks, and it's great for to see this project for Laura. And really would love to see this one go through. So folks, TII listeners, help out a feller TII listener and help get her project going. And in you pledge twenty five dollars or more, you can get an eyelash for yourself. So go to Kickstarter. Check out the video of Laura with her son starring in the video. And you you think about it, when Laura first started listening to the show, it was all about her dog. Now it's about her son. (laughs) So how things have changed when you become a mommy. Anyway, good luck, Laura. Thanks again to Ramon for the heads up on this next one, which is one of those heartwarming Apple fanboy stories. This one involves a runner by the name of Joseph Tam, and a GPS app on his iPhone, and over 13 miles of running in central Tokyo. And when Joseph was all said and done, he had a pretty GPS picture of his run, which looks like the Apple logo. Joseph said he did this run as a tribute to Steve Jobs resigning. The app he used was RunKeeper. You can find a link to that in the show notes. Thanks to Mark H and a few others for the link to a post on TechCrunch, which shows a video that has some advanced iPhone 5 wishful thinking features, we'll call it. In reality, they are more like iPhone 10 through iPhone 15 type of features. One is a wafer-thin iPhone. Another is a projection keyboard, like one of those laser projection keyboards, only this one looks like an iOS keyboard in color and shape and comes right out of the iPhone. And finally, there is one of a holographic display. Okay, maybe that one is more like iPhone 20 and not iPhone 15. Either way, uh, these are all wishful thinking, uh, and I think it's safe to say none of them will be per the iPhone 5, but it is nice to dream, I guess. Who knows, maybe someday on episode 983, I'll say, hey, remember back to episode 188 when we talked about this feature? I mentioned on the show before that each July for the past five years, I have gone and spoke about the iPhone and iOS to the folks at K-Fest, which is the last Apple II user conference that happens every year here in Kansas City. Well, this year's speech I did was recorded, and the video is now up on Vimeo if you are curious about what I said or look like. And wow, I had no idea my shorts were that wrinkled. Kind of embarrassing. When you work out of your house, little things like freshly pressed clothes kind of tend to escape your mindset.
4: Hey, Rob. I was calling to hopefully help answer the question uh, a listener sent in, uh, Adam, regarding Navigon as a GPS solution uh, for somebody who is blind or visually impaired. It's accessibility and performance uh, as a blind iPhone user. I use Navigon on a daily basis and find it very, uh, both very accessible with voiceover and also a very uh, good GPS app. The turn-by-turn directions are quite accurate in pedestrian mode and I've been very happy with it. So, I believe Adam would uh, benefit and wouldn't be disappointed in purchasing Navigon for his iPhone. Also, uh, I run a podcast where I do app tours, uh, showing the accessibility of applications for iOS devices. Uh, It's myself at VoiceOver giving the tour, and I'm actually putting the finishing finishing touches on a Navigon tour, and hopefully that podcast will be coming out shortly. Uh, Adam or any other listener that's interested in learning about more Uh, Accessible apps can visit allwithmyiphone.com and check those out. Adam, I hope that helps answer your question, and Rob, keep up the great work.
0: Staying on the subject, I have a few people that have also emailed me in about the Navigon app. Let me read some of their emails. Hi, Rob. I am writing this in response to your shout-out for Adam's navigation needs. Being blind myself, I can tell you that I have a few applications in my toolbox for finding my way. Navigon is my choice for turn by turn. It's fully accessible with voiceover and has a pedestrian mode that works well. My only wish is that it, I purchased it after they broke it down into regions, as it is at least 2 gig for the full version. Uh, alongside Navigon, I use Sendero GPS, S E N D E R O GPS, and Aridane GPS. A-R-I-A-D-N-E. If I'm on a walkabout, not caring where I'm going, I tend to use Sendero because if just a shake of the phone, I can get the closest intersection to my location. It is a wonderful tool. Aridane uses Google Maps to give me my closest address. It has an alarm function that will ping me when I get to within a certain distance of my house or any point that I have placed a marker on. For more information on this topic, And for many other application reviews regarding voiceover and accessibility applications, your visually impaired listeners should check out AppleVis, AppleVis.com, and they might want to check out the VI phone list at Google Groups. Regards, Keith. Another email that came in on this subject. Hi, Rob. I am also blind, and I can tell you the Navigon app is quite accessible. A couple of sites that include podcasts regarding Navigon are blindcooltech.com and applevis.com. They are wonderful sites for reviews of apps for those of us who are blind. I use Navigon often with my iPod Touch 4th Gen and with a dual X GPS 150 Bluetooth receiver, just waiting for the iPhone 5 to arrive in order to pull the trigger. Keep up the great work, and I love the fact that you do speak of voiceover on occasion. It is important for app developers to learn of it, I've written to more than one developer who was unaware of it, and one who makes the DirecTV remote control app for DirecTV actually updated the app after I asked. Regards, Kevin B. Kevin and Keith, thank you very much for your feedback. And developers, if you haven't thought about accessibility with your app, you really need to. I've had many times I've had listeners write in, call in, and tell me, that the iPhone is a godsend to them, the visually impaired, because of the voiceover features. And if you don't have your app set up for that, you're missing out on a good part of the market. And you're also missing out on doing a community service for that part of the market. Take a moment now to say a few words about today's sponsor, and that is Audible. Please go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today iPhone to get your free audiobook when you sign up. This is for U.S. and Canadian residents only. I'd like to once again recommend a book from my favorite author, Philip K. Dick, the greatest sci-fi author of all time. And Audible has many of the Philip K. Dick's books. This time I want to recommend the short story book that was the basis for the movie The Adjustment Bureau. And if you haven't seen The Adjustment Bureau, great movie. Now that was based on a short story, The Adjustment Team, that Philip K. Dick wrote back in the 1950s. You can find The Adjustment Bureau... In Audible, just search for that. Or if you're looking for more of a full length novel, there is Radio Free Albemouth and also Ubik. So those are two other novels I'd recommend if you haven't uh, listened to anything by Philip K. Dick or read anything from Philip K. Dick. Those are great uh, novels, both of which I think are planned to be made into movies. Again, you can get a free audiobook to use to download those if you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. And when you get there, again, you can just search for those books or just search for Philip K. Dick and start at the top and work your way down. There's 26 results for Philip K. Dick in Audible. And for those of you with Netflix subscriptions, I highly recommend you check out the Adjustment Bureau. You need to have the DVD part of Netflix for that. Back into the news, or at least rumors. The site SprintFeed, which is all things Sprint, had a post about a leaked memo to Sprint employees telling them to say no comment when asked about the Wall Street Journal article about Sprint getting the iPhone. It did not say for them to deny it or say it was BS, simply to say no comment. There are a couple reasons why they could have them say no comment. One is maybe they just don't want them lying to the customers. Or maybe the person that wrote the memo just doesn't know either way. I reached out to the folks that run Sprint feed to see if we can talk some on the iPhone on Sprint and what they are hearing. And they got back to me and we're going to do that recording tomorrow and I'll probably put that up as a special episode in the VIP section to start and then get it out to the app or up on the next episode. Probably put it up on the next episode, but once I get it recorded and done, I'll have that section of the interview at least up on the VIP section right away. One of the reasons I like Philip DeWitt at Fortune so much is that he takes the analyst to task, like his latest article, which reminds me of taking someone behind the woodshed and applying a whooping-to. This time he takes Forrester analyst Sarah Rotman Epps to the woodshed. He points out in 2010 that Epps predicted there would be 3.5 million tablets sold. Okay, so plenty of people predicted low tablet sales, you say, yours truly included. The issue with Epps is that she predicted that in the report some two months after the iPad launched and had already sold 2 million tablets. We actually commented on her boneheaded prediction at the time as well on the show. Well, now Epps is back, and she seems to be predicting that now Amazon's tablet is going to be taking the iPad to task and selling 3 to 5 million tablets in Q4. Mind you, that is more than the iPad sold in its first launch quarter. I think it's safe to say Amazon will not come close to the 5 million tablet sales or even the 3 million in Q4 of this year. It is still an iPad market, but we shall see what happens there and if Amazon ever actually releases any real numbers on sales. So far, they haven't done anything as far as releasing numbers on Kindle. By the way, Epps put out a research note on how the Amazon tablet is going to control the entire Android tablet market, and it's only $499, as in $499. So yes, someone who two months into the iPad predicted that they were going to do less sales in the next seven months, as they did in the previous two months. Yes, this is someone you want to spend $499 on a research note for. Thanks to all that sent in this next one, and that's per iTunes Match. As M.G. Sigler over at TechCrunch said, it follows the Apple model of under-promising and over-delivering. And how did iTunes Match over-deliver? Well, at least for now, in the beta version, it is allowing streaming, and I'll put quotes around streaming, of music from your iTunes match shows. So if you pay $25 a year for Apple to look at all your music on your computer, regardless of if you purchased from iTunes or ripped from your buddy's CD, Apple will match it and now it looks like make it available to download or more importantly to quote unquote stream to your iOS device. So for those of you with 65 gig of music or more, you can now still listen to all of your music on any iOS device regardless of the storage size. Now I put quotes around stream because Apple's saying it's not technically streaming, it's downloading and playing while downloading. Which it instantly starts playing once you start downloading and when the song is done, it is no longer downloaded and disappears when you move away from that song. Not 100% sure how that is very much different or different at all from streaming, but I'm sure Apple has their legal reasons why they don't want to call it streaming, but rather playing while downloading. Hopefully, legally, Apple's able to keep this feature in when this goes away from being beta. I know it's been a while since I've said this, but a new version of the TI app is now available in iTunes to upgrade to. And it is a free upgrade, as always. Okay. For the few of you that have not upgraded to Push, when you upgrade to the new version, you will now get Push. No more in-app purchase for Push. For those that did not purchase the app, it is now $2.99 and it comes with Push. Some of the updates include redoing the bottom nav bar to include a button for past Push messages and also a button for extras and the ability to customize the bottom nav bar arrangement as you like. As with all new versions, there are bug fixes. And the app has Retina Display Quality Graphics. For all of those of you that kept on me about that, yes, it's now Retina Display Graphics. It is, again, a universal app. And for the iPad, so it looks really great on the iPad. We did some cleaning up there on the iPad. It still has variable playback speed with standard half X, 1X, 2X x plus. As always, the addition of the 1.5x playback, which is uh, unique to the wizard apps, which by the way, 1.5 playback is much better than the 2x, uh, which is the way I usually listen to twit. So if you listen to 1.5x, it's a way to get through it 50% faster, but it doesn't sound as garbled or as rushed as when you're at 2x. If you had push notification, you probably got the push already that this update was available. Uh, For those of you that don't have Push, again, go ahead and upgrade now if you already had the older version, and you will now have Push going forward. So everyone will have Push, and that'll make it nice. One thing to remember about Push, if you don't have Push before, is you want to, if you're not someone that likes to get woken up in the middle of the night, you may want to turn the volume off on Push. So you go into the notification settings and turn off the volume, just let it be the banner part of it and the text part. Here's the issue. I have listeners in every time zone in the world. Literally every time zone, there's someone that's listening to the show and there's someone with the app. And when I send a push out, it's going to be somewhere between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning, somewhere in the world, between 2 and 3 in the morning, somewhere else in the world. So no matter what, some of you are going to get the push message in the middle of the night from me whenever I send a push out. It's just the way it works. So if you don't want to be woken up by push turn off the volume of pushed. You have that option under notifications, but leave the text part up so at least you can see that it came. As always, any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, please send them my way today in iOS at gmail.com, or if you have the TI app, just do it from the contact button that's on the bottom nav bar, and you may want to go ahead and adjust it. Do Go to the more and then go to the edit and then move the contacts so that it's always available. Those of you with the VIP access may have seen the post I put up, AT&T rollover minutes special offer. Let me just read that post here. I received a text message, and I put an image in the VIP section, um, from AT&T offering up 1,000 free rollover minutes at no cost. All I needed to do is text back yes. Actually, let me read the text message. AT&T, free message, you are a valued AT&T customer. We'd like to add 1,000 bonus rollover minutes to the mobile number ending in 2026. There is no cost or obligation to you. It's our way of saying thank you. To have your minutes added, reply yes by 972011. Reply stop to end marketing messages. And this came from 11113020. My initial reaction on this, and not that I'm a paranoid type, but I felt It was probably best to call AT&T to confirm it was a real text message from them and not some text spam that when I send yes back to whoever sent it, I would be charged $1,000 from someone in Albania. AT&T was kind enough to confirm it is a real offer and only sent to certain customers. AT&T also said it was a Me Too offer, meaning if you did not get this offer but you want it, You just need to contact AT&T and tell them you are aware of this offer and would like the 1,000 extra rollover minutes. And again, I read what the exact text and the wording of it was. So if you did not get this and you want the extra 1,000 rollover minutes, give them a call from your iPhone to 800-331-0550 zero or zero five zero zero. So eight hundred three three one zero five zero zero. Tell them that you want that one thousand bonus rollover minutes added to your account. The person I spoke to at AT and T. Her name was Lori. And when I told her I was going to let all the listeners of the show know about the Me Too option, she was probably wishing she probably hadn't told me about the Me Too offer. Now, if you're thinking that, hey, AT&T is doing this because there's a new iPhone coming out and it's probably coming out on a different carrier, i.e. Sprint, you wouldn't be alone in thinking that because that's what I'm thinking too. Speaking of Sprint, Sprint has a upcoming October 7th event that's going to be quite a long event during the day. And it is supposedly for 4G plans, which is supposed to be the topic. Sprint did send out invites, and over at SprintFeed, they put up the invite. It says, when? Friday, October 7th, from 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Where? The Hilton Hotel in New York, New York. And the agenda. Presentation by senior management and Q&A session. And then it shows a picture of a cell tower, a person with some wavy lines around them, some arrows on the next level, and then a a city block, and then smartphones at the bottom. It's hard to say that this is going to be the announcement of the Sprint iPhone. I'm going to guess that Apple is going to make that announcement when they announce the iPhone 5, and they'll say, okay, it's also going to be on Sprint. I think that's something that will probably come from Apple this time. It's hard to say, but, you know, last time they did do a special event. It was also in New York City for Verizon. But I think this time with the launch of the phone, it makes more sense for Apple to announce it at their event. But some that's not keeping some people from theorizing that the October 7th event will also be the announcement of the Sprint iPhone. Reaching back into the email bag, we have another email with regards to the Navigon app and for blind users. Hi, Rob. I'm a totally blind iPhone 4 user who uses Navigon. A short summary is that the app is accessible for pedestrian navigation, but the interface could be more intuitive. While it is not as full-featured from a blind user's perspective as GPS systems designed specifically for blind individuals, $29.99 compared to $1,000 makes it well worth the buy. Rather than going into a long discussion of its pros and cons, I will point you to the VI phone group on Google, which is an active Google group where blind iOS users can ask and answer each other's questions. Navigon is a frequent topic of discussion, so searching the group should provide a lot of info. The group can be found at groups.google.com forward slash group forward slash VIPhone. Regards, Jared S. And I'll have a link to VI phone Google Groups in the show notes for episode 188 over at today in iOS.com. Clam Case has released its new Trooper case, which is offered in Imperial White, quote unquote. It does not look to be an officially sanctioned by Lucas Star Wars item, so there may be a great disturbance in the Force very soon. And faster than the first Death Star was gone, this one soon too could find a price on its head so high every lawyer in the galaxy will soon be after them. In other words, get it while you can. It's not likely to be around for long. And remember to use the link for my show notes to get it or just go to todayinios.com forward slash ClamCase. For full and fair disclosure, ClamCase is an advertiser on this show. We may get to see quickly if Tim Cook has a little jobs in him. The Samsung Galaxy S2 will be launched on Sprint, T-Mobile, and AT&T in September. Sprint has already said it will be the September 16th launch. This is a very good-selling handset outside the U.S., probably the third-best-selling smartphone handset in the past six months only behind the iPhone 4 and iPhone 3GS. So this is the best of the Android fair, and it is now coming to America. So if Cook has a little jobs in him, he will set up a special Apple event for September 14th or 15th, so as to steal away all of the thunder of the Galaxy S2. We shall see what Cook's got in him. Well, as you know, Apple has stated that if you have an app and you want to offer a subscription, You need to go through them and give them a cut. That is, if you want people to be able to sign up for the subscription from within the app. The Financial Times was one of those apps that offered people an opportunity to sign up for a subscription, but just not with Apple's in-app subscription. They also launched an HTML5 web app with subscription services that they control. Well, Apple decided enough was enough and yanked the Financial Times app from the App Store, not The HTML5 one, obviously. Again, it is okay to offer up an app where people have to subscribe, just that you can't offer for them to buy the subscription in the app unless you give Apple their 30%. Financial Times did not, and now they are exiled to the world of web apps, which is how Apple originally wanted apps way back in 2007.
5: Hi, Rob. This is Sean Uh, calling from Rochester, New York. uh, In regards to the home button issue... I have a Verizon iPhone 4 and had started to experience it. And at the same time, it kind of caught up in the episodes and was hearing about it and was wondering what the heck's going on. And so I started managing the number of apps that I have running, and that seemed to help a little bit, but really didn't affect it. The buttons still seemed tacked like a software driven button, not a hardware button. And I just upgraded. To beta 6 last night, and it was an instantaneous digital change, clearly different. So, I don't know if there's something going on in the iOS that's not managing memory well or something to that effect, kind of like a memory leak today, causing the button response to not be what it should. But thus far, it seems totally different. Uh, Like I said, I, I am new to iPhones this year. And so I was, I found your podcast in searching for some more information about, you know, how to get the most out of my product. And I really love the podcast. You do a great job. And I thank you for your service and everything that you're doing. And I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Rob. This is Sean again. I, one thing I wanted to, Add is when I first found your podcast, I started in episode one. And if anybody wants to go back and time travel, you've got to listen to like the first 10 or 15 episodes. What was the iPhone four years ago? It's absolutely hilarious. And, you know, just to hear things like Apple's not allowing installable apps and that everything will be Web 2.0 web apps is just freaking hilarious time and see where the iPhone was four years ago and, uh, versus where it is now. Um, anyway, again, great job. I just wanted to share that thought.
0: Talk to you later. Bye. Sean, thanks for the kind words. And also thanks for bringing up the point that, hey, this show goes all the way back, it goes back before the iPhone launched. And it's the only podcast that's active now that well, goes back prior to the iPhone launching. Matter of fact, for those that don't know, this was the first podcast on the iPhone. And I think I just pulled a muscle trying to pat myself on the back. But the point is, it's really interesting if you go back and listen to some of the old episodes. What Apple wanted to do with the iPhone and what Apple was forced to doing with the iPhone are two different things. And ironically, the iPhone's biggest strength is the ecosystem around all the apps. And that's not what Apple wanted to do early on. They didn't want to have installable apps. So go back and listen to the early episodes. You'll get a good chuckle out of them. Reaching back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Just saw this option for the caller in the last episode that was looking for an iPad kids case. Biggrips.com. So go to biggrips.com and there's the Big Grips frame iPad case for kids. Regards, Kevin J.
6: Hi, Rob. This is Hannah from the Denver Post Smile High Mamas. I'm calling in response to the man who was um, looking for a good case that could withstand his toddler Um, I have three children, ages three and younger, and they're very hard on all my iOS devices. And um, writing for the Denver Post, doing tech reviews, I get companies sending me products constantly, especially iPhone cases and iPad cases. And um, my number one pick so far has been the Spec iGuy. The Spec iGuy is very thick foam that has arms and legs. It basically makes your iPad look like a cute little character. Um, the foam is so thick and very shock absorbent. So if kids throw it around, it really doesn't matter. And mine have thrown mine around every which direction and it's survived every way. It also has a bit of a buffer, um, on the front where the screen is so that even if it lands on the screen, it's normally fine. Um, the only cons to the case are because the foam is so thick, it can be a little bit tough to touch some of the buttons. Um, not bad and it's best to slip the bottom out in order to charge it because it's just hard to get the charger through the foam. The case does fit both the iPad one and two. It's kind of universal in that way. Um, and it also runs about $39. Um, so it's not horrible compared to some of the prices of other cases I have purchased. So that's my top pick for now. And, uh, I hope that it helps you and your listener who are looking for a good case for, for your toddler and preschooler to be able to take advantage of great educational apps on the iPad. Love this show. Thanks so much for all the work you put into it.
0: Hannah and Kevin J., thank you both for your feedback on the kids' cases. Reaching back into the email bag, Hi Rob, I would like to do an app review of a game on the App Store. The game is called Cause of Death. It is currently free. And basically you play as a detective and must navigate your way around making good police decisions to catch criminals. The plot, based in San Francisco with the SFPD, continues every week with a new episode free. And I've been playing for quite a long time and love it. It's definitely something I recommend to anyone who loves mystery and solving crimes. The App Store rating is 4 out of 5. Regards, Bob. Bob, thanks for the feedback on that. Again, the name of that app is Cause of Death. I'll have a link in the show notes. And if you're a fan of Seth Harwood's um, crime novels, which also take place in San Francisco, you'll probably be a fan of this game, it sounds like. I know I'm going to check it out.
1: Hi, Rob. Good afternoon. My name is Tarek. I'm calling from New York, Long Island. Uh, I'm responding to a question by one of your listeners regarding uh, a list of all the applications that are on the iPhone, there is a Cydia, a jailbroken app, to Cydia called App Links, A P P L I N K S, all one word. App Links it, this application creates uh, links of uh, uh, links of the apps in the file system, so that you can easily identify them when you are accessing into your device. But as a byproduct, once that app creates the list, you can copy the whole list and paste it into an email and send it to your friends or keep it as a copy for, uh, for later use. So I hope this helps. Anyway, keep up the good work. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi,
5: Rob. This is Alex uh, calling from Houston. Uh, in response to one of your callers who asked if it was if there was any way he could send a list or email a list of uh, his has installed app uh, to an, a friend or a family member i know one way to do this and that's with a jailbreak app called app info a very useful app gives you Tons of information of not only your installed apps from the App Store, but all, as well as all the installed apps from Cydia. And you can send. It also tells you the size of each of each uh, app that's installed. And you can email it to yourself or anyone else, short list or a, uh, an expanded list. But I think you should check it out. App Info spelled A-P-T-I-N-F-O as one word. So I hope that helps you or your listeners. Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Gentlemen, thank you for your feedback on App Links and App Info. I actually tried out App Info since that seemed to be the one where I was getting the most feedback on, and it worked really easy. It's free, by the way. Of course, you do need on both of these to jailbreak, and you have to get them from Cydia. But App Info I found pretty easy to use and to email out a list of all the apps and give me a quick count of how many apps I have on my iOS device. So app links, app info, get them in Cydia. Well, folks, I think that we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I want to remind everyone that the TII app, there's a new upgrade for that. So please go ahead and upgrade. And for those of you that didn't have push, you will now have push. Don't forget to check out the Kickstarter project from Laura. It's the EyeLatch. link in the show notes for episode 188 over at todayinios.com. As always, if you have any feedback, tips, tricks, comments, questions, anything you want to share with the audience, give us a call. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can send us the feedback, which you record on your iOS device, to todayinios at gmail.com. And finally, a quick thank you to our sponsor for today's show, which is Audible. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash todayiniphone to get your free audiobook download. That's going to do it for us now. Until the next time, I'm your host Rob from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different.